All right, back here on the Big Show. Let's talk some hockey again. Talked about the Bruins early on. Let's get back into it with our buddy Jack Edwards. It's sponsored by Newton Wellesley Orthopedic Associates. Whatever your sports injury, NWOA gets you back in the game. Visit NWOA.com today. NWOA expert care made easy and by nuance. Speech recognition software. It helps you get more done faster. Go to Dragon.com and by your local Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers and the complete line of Mercedes-Benz 4Matic all-wheel drive vehicles. Visit MBUSA.com to schedule a test drive today. How are you holding up today, Jack? Well, it's nuclear winter in Montreal. You know, the <laughs> Canadians are imploding. It's actually snowing up here, which uh, I, I was unaccustomed to this winter. But uh, the Bruins have got to get it back together and in a hurry. And this is game one of a six-game roadie. So here we go. You know I, think, what? I, I think I just won. I lost. I lost <laughs> a bet. Won. I said, yeah. you know, Glenn said Thanks, earlier. Jack. Glenn said earlier, Jackson, Montreal. I said, how long will it take him to rip Montreal? I said, maybe about four minutes. So we set the line at four. And I went under, under and I win. And you get it. Four the, seconds. The first the first 15 seconds. Can't help yourself, can you, Jack? Michael, 24 Stanley Cups. <laughs> Enough, all right? Enough. There's there's like three or four lifetimes of suffering right in that. So <laughs> uh, They're up there battling with their assistant coaches. All right, let's talk about um, last night discouraged with what you saw with the Bruins, or are we looking at a team right now that's uh, very similar to what we saw with the Bruins last year, built from the back end with a phenomenal goaltender? Yeah, B. <laughs> As I said in my, in my uh, little 20-second report on EEI this morning, uh, Glenn and Mike, uh, that one left a mark yesterday. Um, the, uh, the Rangers have that thoroughness of solidity in their team, that's got to scare you if you think you're going to win another Stanley Cup because nobody for the Rangers yesterday had an unbelievable game. There was nobody that you said, ah, oh, he's got to come back to earth. That was a team that was just so solid from top to bottom. You had third-line guys outplaying Boston's third-line guys. You had, you know, Tim Thomas played a pretty decent game. Not great, but pretty decent. And Lundquist was way better. Uh, that was just the kind of team that, that uh, looks like it can win a championship. Not saying it will, but uh, the Eastern Conference race is over unless the Rangers pull a Hindenburg here because they are uh, nine points ahead of the Bruins. They are ten points ahead of their closest division rival. So it's over. I mean, the, the Eastern Conference race is over. It's just a matter of the Rangers staying healthy and staying in their zone and the Bruins making repairs in such a way that they can contend and hope they can get through a couple of rounds of playoffs and, and maybe meet the Rangers in the Eastern Conference Final. But that is, that is certainly not to be taken for granted. Well, Jack, you said the, the Rangers look like a team that could win a championship. The Bruins look like that team six weeks ago. How do you recapture that team? Or, or can you recapture that team <clears throat> Excuse me, without, uh, without, without making a deal? Uh, everybody has to play up to his capabilities. The uh, defensemen as a group have to stop making silly mistakes, have to stop jumping past the hash marks in the attacking zone when it isn't there. You know, you talk, uh, you hear about um, NHL head coaches all the time talking about, well, we want to get our defensemen involved, we want them to pinch, but they have to make good decisions. They have to decide when it's time to go that they're not going to expose themselves uh, in the back end that you're going to give up a, a two-on-one or a three-on-two right back up ice. And too often that's what's happened to the Bruins. It happened yesterday in a four-on-four situation where Corvo jumped up and the Bruins turned the puck over. It turns into a two-on-one. The Rangers executed flawlessly. The Bruins were a little flat-footed 
on the penalty kill, and the Rangers made him pay. Delzato made a terrific dish across to Callahan. Um, those kinds of mistakes are what cost you playoff games. And when you run up against a team that is as tight and as solid as the Rangers are defensively, you're just not going to be able to win by making those kinds of mistakes. So, so first of all, the defensive core has to get on the same page. They have to concentrate for 60 minutes and not make silly mistakes. And also, you know, it's not all his fault, and uh, there are some other circumstances. But David Krejci is not playing like a $5 million a year player. He's just got to raise his game, period. To your knowledge, uh, Jack, have the Bruins have, – have they had any type of meeting, players-only meeting, all players, coaches meeting, uh, about Tim Thomas, any airing of grievances, any let's get on the same page stuff? Has that happened in the last couple of weeks? I have not heard about it. I Is it necessary? Am, I am all but certain that a small group of players or some individual leaders on the team – have spoken with him because that's the style of this team. I can't believe that it would go more than a day or two without having been addressed uh, by somebody in the core leadership of the team because that's the way this team is. This is a very closely knit uh, group of players. Despite their personal differences, they do communicate well and they get it out. They get it out in the room, and that's part of how they learned how to become a champion last year. I don't think that has slipped any, so I'd be surprised if if uh, that hasn't been addressed. Um, and again, I'm not sure if you can say that because B followed A, A caused B, that Thomas's uh, political stands that are public or semi-public or however he wants to describe them um, have a direct effect on the on-ice uh, output of this team, but they certainly have not helped. So, um, so there's a factor there. And this is the time when the Bruins have to focus. It's got to be all about hockey and all about winning and all about playing 60 minutes and not taking any parts of any shifts off. And, and anything that diffuses the focus is a negative for this team. wasn't that long ago, Jack, we were sitting here and talking about how different, how much better they are at the offensive end uh, than they were a year ago. They were scoring six goals at, uh, a night at, at will. Now, I understand last night. Uh, tight spaces, uh, 42 shots on that, another 20 that were probably blocked. But you can look at Nashville. You can look at some of these other games now where they have had space to operate, and this has not looked like the same high-scoring offense we saw here a month ago. What the hell's happened? At the risk of sounding like a guy who's chug-lugging Kool-Aid that is brewed up by Claude Julien, um, we saw the proof last year that if the Bruins play airtight, layered, responsible defense, the offense flows naturally. Think about it. If you're an attacking player for the Bruins, if you're going into the attacking zone, if you are confident that what's behind you is going to be rock solid and airtight and forgive any mistake that you may make in that part of the ice where you can take the most risk and and afford to screw up a little bit because the puck is 185 feet from your goal, then you're willing to take more risk. You're willing to go into the seams, and maybe maybe you get knocked down or, or you get taken out of a play, but you're not so worried about what's going on behind you. If there are holes in the defensive zone, subconsciously and maybe even consciously, you don't let it rip that much in the attacking zone. My guess is that their lack of defensive solidity is affecting their heads when they go on the attack, and that's why you're not seeing the kind of creativity from the Bruins. And also, when you're playing well defensively, you're getting good breakouts, you're moving through the neutral zone with speed, and you're putting your opponent in a more 
defensive position and making them make a decision between two bad choices, and which is what happens in an odd man rush when you execute it well. You mentioned the Rangers earlier. Are the Bruins more talented than the Rangers? Uh, man for man, I'm not sure. Uh, because, for instance, yesterday we saw Artem Anisimov, who's a supporting player, execute a two-on-one about as well as you can. Um, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Uh, the Rangers are a different team in that they don't have one standout stud defenseman. But when you have a guy like Dan Girardi playing shutdown D as well as he does, you see a guy like Ryan McDonough, who is maybe the, uh, the parallel to Johnny Boychuk, an unsung kind of guy on the younger side, and uh, people really, really might not have a, a good idea of all of his capabilities. McDonough looks so good playing next to a guy as consistent as Girardi. Um, really what it is is John Tortorella said, boys, follow me, this is the way to go and they have bought in 100%, and that's what we saw from the Bruins down the stretch. And by the way, this is not a fait accompli. I'm not saying they're going to plan a, a parade down the canyon of heroes in Manhattan. Uh, you know, the Rangers have got a long, long way to go in the regular season, and then they've got four rounds to get through in the playoffs, and the Bruins could be the team that beats them, but the Bruins just have to raise their game to the level we saw um, earlier this winter and last spring in order to beat a team as good as the Rangers. So you just missed your cue there. You mentioned the Canyon of Heroes in Manhattan. You could have ripped Manhattan again. I mean, yeah, you had a shot. Know, I, figure, I figure only one city at a time. You know? oh, one city at a time. It's no. kind of All right. So if they're not as talented as, as the Rangers, or it's close, it, 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 it could, it's a coin flip maybe, and you could let the thing play out on ice if they happen to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals, or maybe maybe you look at it and you're Peter Shirelli and you say, i got to make a deal. If you're a Shirelli, would you make a trade? I would try to add but not subtract, and that's pretty much what Shirelli has said. This team has such a good, solid core. They've got the cap under control. You don't want to blow up the plan uh, by going to get a guy like Rick Nash and giving up what you would have to give up to get Rick Nash. You want to steer clear of Jeff Carter, who just has totally underperformed at whatever, $5.5 million or whatever he's making. Uh, you've got to be really careful about going for a big star who's going to be way overpriced as we get closer and closer to the deadline on February 27th. That said, if you can find ways to add to your team and make it better without giving up that much or anything from your current roster, yeah, you do that. How do you, how do, you do that, Jack? Uh, well, you'd, you'd have to give up picks or get somebody interested in, in somebody from Providence where the – Pickens are rather slim right now, um, but uh, you, you can't. Uh, I, would, I would be surprised if the Bruins made a large deal because the core of this team is really, really good. If Nathan Horton is able to recover, you'd probably take your chances by standing pat and seeing what they got. Um, if Horton isn't able to recover, and we probably won't know that by the deadline, um, I'd still be hesitant to make a deal that's going to bring in a guy who's going to screw up your salary cap. Personally, I'm, I'm hoping that the Bruins can find a way to find their game during this six-game road trip, that they can right the ship, that they can get back on the beam, and then they can make a huge play for Ryan Suter in the offseason. Because if you can imagine, Suter, by the way, is going to be an unrestricted free agent, so they get a free shot at him. Think, think, about, think about these D pairs. How about Chara and Seidenberg on your first pair, Suter and rookie Dougie Hamilton on your second pair, and then Ference and either McQuaid or Boychuk on your third pair. That's, that's, I'd take my chances with a team yeah, like pretty, that. Pretty strong back there. Well, if you look at it now, you said it, they're not going to catch the Rangers. They've pretty much got the division wrapped up because they've got like five games in hand on, on Ottawa in exactly. second place. 
So you kind of know where you are, and yet you're at that point of the season where you, you, you kind of hit the wall here. Yet you know what you need to do for, for the playoffs. I would think if you're Shirelli, you've got to do something, don't you? You, you want to shake it up a little bit, certainly. You want to um, chase any complacency that you might sense in the room, although I, I don't sense that. I just sense a, a lack of ability to focus. Um, yeah, but how do you focus now when you're not chasing anything? You're, you're sitting here saying, okay, we've got to get better for April. And you know, you, you've seen how these things have played out before. You pretty much know where you're going to be. you got an idea of what's going on right now. Yep. And, and you do have this uh, semi-luxury, if you want to put it that way, of, of being just about assured that you're going to be the second seed. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Zdeno Chara call himself out. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't mind him saying, you know, I've got to be better. I can't have games like I had against the Rangers because you know, closing your hand on the puck is an elementary right. mistake. Uh, it's something that you, you've known not to do since juniors and, or, and before that, probably all the way back to Pee Wee. Um, you know, it was a bad bounce off his leg for the second goal, and that was that was a big momentum swinger because it came so late in the first period. But um, he's got to have he's he's got to be better. He's got to be one of the best two or three defensemen in the entire National Hockey League. He hasn't been that for two or three weeks. These are the times that leaders have to lead. It's a six-game road trip. The Bruins need to leave some marks on some other teams the way the Rangers left a mark on them yesterday. Otherwise, it's just in a holding pattern, and everybody's got huge question marks over their heads until it comes playoff time. Well, see, I think that's the scary part of it. The Rangers are, are that good. And I, I'll leave you uh, with this question. Uh, Lundqvist, we talked about Tim Thomas and how unorthodox he is between the pipes. Lundqvist plays so deep back. How was he able to get away with that, Jack? Incredibly quick. He battles as hard as Thomas does, but he's just incredibly quick. If you look, you know, I recommend people going to NHL.com and looking up Henrik Lundqvist's video, and you'll just see save after save after save that's right on the goal line. Watch how many times this guy makes a little snap move. It's maybe only a, a three- or four-inch move with a leg or an arm or a shoulder or something like that, but he's like that fastball hitter who absolutely wipes out the chalk on the back of the batter's box, and he can barely get to that fastball of the guy who's humping it up there around 97-98 as a closer, but he still manages to rip it down the right field line if he's a right-handed hitter and still drop it in there for an extra base hit. And, and that's what Lundquist is. He's just he's an astonishingly great athlete, period, as Tim Thomas is, but uh, he chooses to play the puck uh, with as much possible time as he can. And he made a couple of saves off tips yesterday. I just remarkable yeah. stuff. He's, well, that, that he's run that... Athlete. He's yeah. a great athlete having a career year. Yeah, that run midway in the second period with the Bruins were putting shot after shot after shot on him, and it was unbelievable what he did. I thought that was the turning point of the game. But they're the type of team you can see it after the penalty on Chara and they score that first goal. Once you get a goal or two behind, and the Bruins have not been – they've been a team that's come, been able to come back. You yep. get a goal or two down to the Rangers, and, man, they are just impossible to yeah. get back into a game with. Really I are. I think the Rangers are now 27-1-2 when scoring the first goal. Amazing. I mean, that's, that's absurd. Yeah, and, you know, that tells you what great front runners they are. Yep. And, you know, one last thing on the Rangers. And, and you know, I, I, I'd love to blow up New York. I just, I, I, I'm not fond <laughs> of the city. Two, just, city. You know, Two cities in one, uh, one yeah, show. Really, I, really help just, I really right. just don't like very much about it. But right. the Rangers play the game the right way. Yeah. They really do. They hit hard. They hit clean. They ask no quarter. They give no quarter. They are an honest team, hardworking team. They stand up for each other. And, and that's the kind of team that you want to see go a long distance, say 
all the way to the Eastern Conference Final where they could have an epic series against a comebacking Bruins team. That would just be a tremendous, tremendous match. Hi, right, Jack. Always great talking to you. Enjoy the uh, the wonderful joys of the city of Montreal, all right? Uh, we will, and then we're on to Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> and you can rip them next week. See you, Jack. <laughs> Take right, it Jack. easy. Jack Edwards right here on The Big Show.